Welcome to Circuit Cast. It's a podcast about moving image and the visual arts from Aotearoa, New Zealand and beyond. And this pod, it's welcome to our critical panel for a bit of hearty discussion on an exhibition of a recent moving image work. And joining me uh, is a regular panellist, writer Thomason Slay. Kia ora to you, Tom. Kia ora, Mark. And after a long breather, a return to writer Tim Corbellis. Kia ora. Kia ora. Right. I'm really pleased you're both here today because you're both, I think, adept at thinking about the use of language. And I think this is a... Uh, an artist who works very beautifully in sort of getting inside language, and that's Sonia Lacey with her first solo project in Wellington, and I think Christchurch. It's called Infinitesimals, and it's being presented simultaneously at Massey University's Engine Room Gallery, and it's also at the Physics Room in Christchurch till the 28th of May. Now, there's quite a lot going on here. Several narratives are combined. Uh, In the videos, we see a typeface being sculpted out of metal at one of the world's last typeface foundries, I understand. We also see a homeopathic remedy being prepared in a laboratory from lead residue from the typeface. Uh, There's an old cassette recorder. There's images of vibrations on liquid. Um, Thomas and Tim, I was interested how all these things connected up for you. Me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there's that awkward silence. Who gets to go first? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, as you say, there's a there's a huge amount packed into this, right? Oh, that's actually what I liked about it. That there's a lot of different ways you could think about the material here. Um, I mean, there's a there's a whole strain for me of of kind of. I don't want this to sound negative, nostalgia running through this show. I mean, even even the feel of it, it reminded me of a... Um, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, sort of 1930s surrealist film or something. Oh, I don't yes. know, with you know, with the sort of um, impressionist-sounding soundtrack and the background and the... The, the way the narration worked with it and the black and white imagery. Um, it's all black and white. It's all, it's got all that black kind and white. Seriousness, doesn't it? Yes, yes. exactly. Um, serious, seriousness and evocativeness, you know. With and I think the, a bit of wit as well. There's oh, yeah, like yeah, definitely yeah. some wit in the narration and yeah, yeah there's Absolutely. some homeo- yeah. The homeopathic jokes. Homeopathic jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're unsure um, if it's reverent or, or making fun in some ways. Well, I mean, there's a reverent side to it and that. You know, the idea of homeopathy is, it's bonkers, but it's also, pardon me to the believers out there, um, I'm obviously not one, but it's it's really fascinating as an idea of a physical memory in something. And, and memory and traces are all through this, you know, the idea of traces that still persist even after all traces have gone, you know, that keeps emerging. And I, so that... Not just in the idea of homeopathy and 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 the um, the idea that lead or the the mineral is somehow still present in water even after there's no lead present in the water, you know all that yeah. stuff, but also um, the typeface that's being set right as a typeface that's designed for motorway signs. Is that? I think I that's right. That was the origination, wasn't it, Tom? That it was. Yep. It was a typeface that would, had been originated for yep. motorway signs because it was considered considered that you could see it. Yes, immediately. Going at speed. Yeah. yeah. And so there's all these different ways in which the physical stuff, the lead, disappears but still persists. You know, there's the physical thing being made into the typeface that's 
not really meant to be looked at. It's meant to be looked at so quickly that you just, it becomes pure symbol because it's not supposed to have its material shape anymore. You know, you're just supposed to look at it and not even look at the letters. She says that in one of the voiceovers, I think, that you're not supposed to, I, th- I think so. I can't yeah. quite remember all the text, right? But um, So those kinds of nice repeated metaphor structures, you know, which a lot of stuff around memory, around the material object leaving its trace, you know, there's a lot of things that reach out to the idea of documentary there, of the trace, all those art historical things we all know so well about the idea of trace in the documentary image and so forth, even though the image itself has gone um, repeating throughout this show. I thought it was very self-reflexive and very interesting and, and you know, that's the earnest side of it, I suppose. Oh, it's beautiful just the way it talked about how things dissolved and transfer in different ways where they don't... Yep. The, the information goes through, but the, yes. the structure changes, the material yeah. changes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, as Tim said, there's a lot of, it's a very kind of elegant synthesis of a lot of different systems. I made a kind of list when I was there. You've got sort of the, um, a kind of reference to, to, mat- to mathematics, um, mm. philosophy, uh, linguistics, um, aesthetics, but then also kind of like the real physical nature of the type actually being produced is a very beautiful process to, yes. to watch. Um, and also the spirituality of um, homeopathy as well. I think uh, perhaps Sonia is sort of attracted to, um, there's a lot of uh, quite beautiful poetics in this idea of you know, water holding onto memory, which I have to admit as well, Tim, I'm relatively cynical about this scientific sure. evidence of, of this <laughs> activity, but I can understand that it's kind of a very attractive um, sort of proposition to um, explore. Yeah. Um, and I think just in answer to your question, Mark, about how I kind of, uh, what, I, what I was kind of most attracted to in the work, I think for me the nostalgia was a little bit um, for... Uh, a kind of 1980s sort of post-structuralism that I am always uh, really sort of indebted to in my tertiary training and and, and interests. And I was making some notes. I don't want to please pull me back if I go f- too far down this 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 path. But um, the the sort of construction of the type, um, but also the questioning of that uh, of text and language as a sort of stable or um, static. Uh, medium to convey meaning um, I thought was really kind of cleverly done, um, particularly in the video of the Upper Hutt uh, Printing Museum, which I didn't know about but have yeah. since kind of become fascinated by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I thought it was interesting that we, we seem to be also a little cynical about homeopathy, but <laughs> yeah, we, we grew up this generation around abstract art, yeah. the idea of this abstraction of things, yeah. this essence. And homeopathy is a term that comes up all through theories of modernism. I mean, it comes up in Adorno, you know, he talks about the homeopathy of the little dose of the commodity form. So there's some weird stuff like this where, you know, you talk about the homeopathic effect of the, um, um, pardon me, of the the poison, the small dose of poison that gives you the cure against the poison and modern art does this, you know it. And I think you can almost see that happening in this, you know, you can see the, the very concrete black and white shots from of, of the typecasting being transformed into, I mean, as is very familiar, you know, being transformed into the aesthetics of its pure shape and, and then you get quite a lot of moments where the figuration is pulled back into abstraction on the screen itself. Yeah. You know, these moments yeah. happen over and over again in the form of the work, not just in the content of it as well. So yes. yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I think as well um, Abby Kinane's essay that ran alongside it is very clever and um, sort of elegantly written as well. And she makes it, she makes in a not uh, sort of forced way, but a really um, beautifully written way, that connection between 
uh, I think some of the principles of homeopathy of which is like versus like and mm. like no like with like and like with unlike so that it's very clever that that is essentially a kind of definition for metaphor so you've got homeopathy sort of acting very actively as metaphor mm. um, and Abby kind of unpacks uh, that in her essay what that might mean um, in a kind of uh, chemical and linguistic way. Uh, um, way that run kind of concurrently through the essay, which I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. so I love the way that essay sort of felt part of the show and it also outside it as well. Yeah, yeah. it was excellent. Um, metaphorically, there's also a lot of things in the experience, the way it's installed spatially, I know, in Wellington at least. We can't speak for Christchurch. And Tim, I was wondering how it was for you. I, to, to, to describe for the listener, you walk into the gallery and you're, yeah. you're surrounded by three screens yes. with the black and white moving image work. And then on the fourth side, there's actually a, a sound composition that's been commissioned coming from speakers. How, yeah. What was the experience like for you of the work? Well, I mean, I, well, I guess I've already kind of suggested it with the kind of um, hint at that kind of that reference that I couldn't quite put my finger on in terms of in terms of that 30s surrealism or something like that mm. the the sort of evocative nature of the soundtrack um, I, I have a confession that uh, I mean I I'm partly deaf in one ear so I find it hard to tell where where sound is coming from um, and there were aspects of the installation in the space which I found difficult as well there was a lot of noise coming in from next door both yeah. the times I viewed the show. So in a way, I found the work hard to hear, but mm. I also wondered if that was part of the point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If that was actually quite nice. Um, to force you to move around the space, perhaps. To force or... you to move, because the work forces you to move around the space anyway, because the, the voiceover moves between two screens, right? So you're kind of forced to turn around and look at different screens ultimately. Yeah, so the narrative is shared between the two screens. Yeah. To move between the two and you do yes. have to... And there's a third screen as well. Yeah, so there's, yeah. 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 Um, but also, you know, then this idea of traces and things kind of dissipating, you know, the repeated dissipations that go on throughout mm. the show, even the fact that the sound itself is almost... And I don't know how intentional this is, but the sound itself being dissipated, you know, relatively hard to hear, almost a bit of a... The Small trace of itself. It it's succession? Is that oh, succession? Yeah, so that, the sound was being succussed, potentially. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of just wanted to say that word that, out loud oh, after yeah, reading yeah, yeah. it all week. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, infinitesimals is the word we were commenting before. Yes. It's rather beautiful itself with yes. the combination of infinite in there. But, yes. well, I mean, the work is really delicate and gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I, I, for me, I would have thought, why isn't this in a darkened space, yes. mm -hmm. in a, a soundproof yeah. space? There's yeah. a lot of light that comes in through the windows yeah, above. An and there is a lot of exterior sound, as you say. Yep. Tim. Um, so there is a lot of them getting in the way of being absorbed in the work. But there is yeah. a this. The, so, uh, but you do get the sense at the same time that yeah. she is really interested in you having some difficulty of of things dissolving between one another. Yep. Mm, and I thought yep. as well the because the monitors were kind of facing inward to each other mm. as well. It felt and on these quite um, elegant sort of sort of steel yeah. structures that, which, yeah. which run from floor uh, to ceiling. So they're not in a, in a normal kind of way that a monitor would be displayed no. really in a gallery space. And they made me think actually of a sort of sort of tripartite conversational sort yep. of structure that they were ref yeah. referencing and talking to each other. I, I like those supports too mm. for the kind of the material, the metal solidity, materiality of them too, which I couldn't help thinking of in terms of the machinery mm. and the, you know, the, the typecasting and, and so forth. They just seem to work 
thematically and with the show yeah. too, eh? I did question a little bit though whether the the sound composition that that's there by Glenn Downey and Christopher Rutt, hmm. and also there's a third screen with images of the foundry. How much they were necessary? So I got to see the performance that kind of went alongside that show, just to expand on what you were saying, Mark, about where the sound track or the sound work um, kind of fits into the to the whole and um, again like the essay uh, I feel like it was a really clever kind of expansion of the work it wasn't um, like a public program that sort of sits awkwardly on side I felt like conceptually it was very kind of integrated with what Sonia was doing and she had collaborated quite closely with the musicians Um, so the way the sound is created is, um, so I believe it's Glenn Dowie, he worked with old records, which he puts on a turntable in the performance. And a lot of them are kind of broken or even just like a tiny section of a record, like a quarter of it, mm. or kind of rippled and okay. warped. And he plays these and they make this kind of uh, clattering, almost sort of white noisy sound. And he manipulates them quite cleverly to make sort of very different sort of abstract sounds and then um, I think it's Christopher Watt he played the clarinet alongside kind of improvising um, parts of this kind of rambling melody and then in some parts of it he actually just plays where he just blows through the clarinet but doesn't actually make any notes so it really connected with this idea again of sort of transmission of of meaning and um, kind of muting a muting sound and muting meaning, but also this idea of antiquated technologies being kind of repurposed for different uses and and again you know records have been kind of superseded by digital yeah. um, technologies in the same way that the printing press obviously has. So conceptually, it was really cleverly linked to the work, but maybe that wasn't as obvious just in seeing the work on a day-to-day kind of experience, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. well, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that, I mean, in terms of given that extra layering, because for me the soundtrack, it wasn't easy for me to integrate it, except right. on an impressionistic level um, as a kind of a, I mean, a sound, you know, it didn't have a lot of ob- obvious content right, yeah. to add to the show to me. I, I kind of liked it, and I, although I was kind of wondering if it was a little bit, Having not had that experience of, of the live performance, if it was just a bit, it felt a bit too impressionistic. And sometimes the text yes. felt a little bit like that to me too, like it was kind of jamming. Maybe this is the point at which that that 1930s surrealist film that probably doesn't even exist that I'm thinking, <laughs> um, is a bit of a negative reference for me as well. You know, it can seem a little bit like it's a bit, sometimes it seemed a bit too improvisatory, the whole thing. But in terms of the third screen, I liked that because I liked being... I mean, I like being told what to do, as we all do, you know, being told which screen to look at it at one time. And the third screen's nicely disruptive. Mm. You know, it gives you that sense of uncertainty about the space and reminds you that you're not in a purely linear this screen, then that screen, this screen, then that screen. You've also got to make some choices. You've also got to be reminded of the, the third dimension or the, yeah, whatever yeah. dimension it is and move move from screen to screen onto your own steam as well. So I liked that aspect of the space, the yeah. two screens but three soundtracks. Oh, thank you, Thomas and Tim. It's a fascinating work. Um, Indeed. Thanks for, for getting getting down into it a little bit with me. Um, Infinitesimals, that's Sonia Lacey's project. You've been listening to Circuit Cast, brought to you with the help of Creative New Zealand with music from Tlautalon. Uh, you can hear us on uh, SoundCloud and also through iTunes. Kia ora.